Welcome to another episode of the Responding to Life podcast. On today's show, I am joined by Sonali Pereira Bridges. She is an award-winning, dynamic, innovative leader with over 20 years of progressive experience in a wide breadth of educational settings. A lifelong mentor and advocate, particularly for young women, she is the driving force behind the conception of Shiro's Rise and a mother of two vibrant young girls. Sonali holds a BA from Mount St. Mary's University, as well as an MBA from the University of Redlands. She is the founder and president of Bridges Educational Consulting, which provides college counseling for students, curriculum development, and training for school districts, and strategic enrollment management planning to institutions of higher education. Sonali has spent the majority of her career focused on the development of young girls and their ability to reach their highest potential. She helped start the Women's Leadership Program at her alma mater, which grew to become a part of President Barack Obama's National Honor Roll. In addition, she has served in a multitude of high-level leadership positions, as well as on executive boards at both the local and national level, to ensure equity and access to higher education. Sonali is a widely recognized truth-teller who operates from a high level of integrity and authenticity. She is truly a joyful warrior and one of my most favorite people on this planet. I can't wait for you to hear from her about the organization that she created, the importance of its mission, and how you can help make a positive impact on the lives of so many young girls. Hi, Sonali. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on here and talk about all things Shiro's Rise. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be on. Yeah, so... In the, in the intro, I mentioned your background. I didn't mention our connection is that um, with Shiro's Rise, I've been helping out with the organization since the beginning, and it's just grown over the years. I absolutely love everything that you're doing, and that's why I had to have you on the podcast so that you could talk more about it, especially as we start and embark on another round of um, our Ignite the Force programming this coming year in 2024. So, but before we jump ahead to that, let's start, Sonali, with the most recent event that Shiro's Rise had, which was a summit. And even just backtracking from there for you to describe Shiro's and how it all came about. Great. But first of all, thank you. Thank you for being part of this journey from day one, you've added so much value from the second you jumped on board and said yes, and being one of our inaugural advisory board members, and now being a board member and helping us start our parent program, you've just been volunteer uh, and mentor of the world. So thank you for all that you do and the way in which you serve us. I really appreciate it. Um, Shiro's Rise started as just an idea because I was looking for things for my own daughters. And I was looking around for things that they could do to be able to be more empowered in, in, the, in this world and have some, have some skills. And I kept looking and all I found were organizations for girls that focused on community service, civic engagement and leadership, which are all phenomenal. But then I kept thinking back to myself at that age and I am a first generation low income student of color who's a daughter of an immigrant right? That's who I am. And when I was my children's age, those were things that I would have never thought of in my life to ever try out and do. 
um, because I didn't know my worth and value. I didn't know that there was importance of my voice. I never heard of the word self-care. It was just keep going, do what you need to do for your family and help provide and contribute to where we are, right? And when I started thinking about that and talking about it with my daughters and also with my friend, Margaret, um, she she has two daughters the same exact age. We're thinking about what are the skills we actually want for our girls to be able to have. And we started making a list, literally piece of paper and a pen and just started making a list of what we wanted for our girls. And, you know, self-esteem came about, self-respect, self-reliance, um, being able to learn how to manage their money, but also how to be courageous and kind and empathetic and, have love and gratitude towards themselves and also towards other people. Um, and so then I started doing some research and digging and found like this jarring stat, which said that a girl's self-esteem peaks at the age of eight and then rapidly declines by the age of nine by 64%. And I was like, whoa, like, and that was, that was pre-COVID, right? That I found that stat. Post-COVID, we're now dealing with the biggest mental health crisis in the world and Shira's Rise is more needed now more than ever um, because we're truly trying to help girls to focus on their internal self-discovery. Many people in the world call it soft skills. I call them hardwired skills that we as women need to have because in each phase of our lives, we're growing and changing physically, mentally, emotionally, day to day, hour to hour, year after year, you and I are adults and we're still dealing with that and having to remember how to put on our own invisible cape. And so it just became a journey of let's do this so that the girls do have something to aspire to and not prevent themselves from being leaders and community and service and civic engaged folks that can make an impact in the world. Well, so many things there. I mean, as a mom to three daughters, but you know, seven kids just in general, all of the pillars that Shiro's Rise stands for and teaches their students really spoke to me. But it also spoke to me because of the work that I do as a mindfulness author and coach. I mean, all of those things about courage, self-love, self-esteem, gratitude, joy. I mean, all of those things are embedded, deeply embedded in in leading a life of mindfulness and then being able to trickle that out into all the people in your life, right? It all has to start within. And you're totally right that, you know, whenever I speak to people about Shiro's and I talk about the work that we do, the first, one of the many first things that people say is, gosh, I wish I had been taught all of that when I was younger. I would have had such a different life. It would have, because right now I'm still learning all those things. And those are words coming from women our age, yes. right? And so that's why I'm just so moved and to be a part of Shiro's because of these wonderful life skills that we're teaching them. So we have 12 pillars. I'd love for you mentioned them as you were speaking, but if you can just list them out and then talk about what the program really is and looks like for the students, that would be great. Sure. Um, I want. Do you want me to read them in order? No, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> like I can pull them up in any which way that Testing you want. You. Um, I will. I will tell you this: that um, we they serve as building blocks, right? All of our twelve pillars. So the first six are really focused on 
um, what a girl needs to be able to have deep within herself um, to be able to have as foundations. So that's self-esteem, self-respect, empathy, joy, self-reliance, and self-confidence. So those are your fundamental building blocks of being able to have that as your foundation. And once you have that, then we go into our next six, which is like trust and compassion, kindness, courage, gratitude, and then love. Love is the ultimate um, part of it because we want students and girls especially to know how to love themselves unapologetically and completely authentically. And this process is kind of their first stepping stone in understanding who they are. And so the way that the program is structured is we have sheroes, adult sheroes in the world that come from various different backgrounds that come and speak to our girls. Um, and we tried it in many different formats because, you know, we're just entering year four and we've tried it where people have come in big keynotes, but the, the part that works best is when the girls are in charge of that conversation. So the girls actually interview um, the adult sheroes and talk about that person's history and journey through that particular pillar, whether that be joy or self-confidence and how did they go through it when they were young and how did it still manifest and what are they still working on as an adult? And it opens up the room for discussion, not just being led by a shiro, which already shows self-confidence and leadership skills, by the way, to be able to get up there and, and interview someone. But it opens up the discussion for the girls to be able to ask any questions that they want to. And then we call, then we break them out. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, we break them out into small groups of about eight or 10 based on their age. So we serve girls in grade three through 12. So eight through 19, basically. Um, we break them up into small groups with a trained facilitator and they kind of unpack what they learned. What does self-esteem mean to me? What did I learn from the speaker? Um, is there anything that resonated with me? Did it make me uncomfortable? And some students journal in that process because they're not ready to share um, or they have a group discussion about it or they have an individual discussion about it with their facilitator. The first few, I will tell you, are hard because it's hard for them to open up and talk. Um, but then later on, the, everybody's talking and these groups become sacred circles that none of us walk into. We always tell them what's shared here stays here, but what's learned here may leave here. So it's all confidential. I would not step foot into one of those sacred spaces. Um, and so the girls really find, form bonds with themselves and each other. Um, and then we have what's called pillars in action. Marissa Nigerian, who is our curriculum um, coordinator and does service learning as well, she's phenomenal. And so she's created it so that how girls learn best, one is by communication, sitting in circles, talking, engaging, but girls also learn best by doing. And so we have what's called pillars in action where we use the medium of art and it could be an actual painting, drawing, art session. It could be using dance. It could be using drum circles. It could be using a variety of different things and mediums of art to kind of be able to understand what that pillar means. So for example, um, in the pillar of compassion, 
the girls each had to make like a little square tile um, that they hand painted and drew with all of their beautiful imagination and something that represented themselves. And then we took them to a high point and had them drop their tiles. And many of them were like, I just created this beautiful thing. Like, why did you make me drop it? Some of them broke in half, some of them broke in many pieces, some of them shattered. And their job was to go and collect as many pieces as they could and put it back together using the art of kintsugi, which is a Japanese uh, way of repairing something. We don't just toss things away. And so they had to put it back together with glue and with gold or silver um, in the middle of it. As And it was a physical tool that they could take back that says, you know, no matter what happens, even if you become broken in some way, shape or form, you have the ability to put yourself back together even stronger with that super glue and make yourself even more beautiful because of that gold. Right. And so it's have compassion for yourself in that regard. Um, and we also believe at Shiro's that what you're learning, it's important to have that ripple effect because that's what we as women do. You don't make an impact on just one person. It impacts their family, their community, their school. Um, and so we also have what's called pillars in community. And so for each pillar, we also have them put it out into the community. And we've done that in several different ways. Um, in the pillar of empathy, um, they we partnered with Good Karma LA who provided lunch for the girls, but also provided four more meals. And you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you need this and you need it to fulfill yourself, please use it for yourself and take these four meals to you. If you need to give it to your family, but if you have all that you need, then as you walk by somebody who's unhoused, here's a safe way to be able to approach them and provide somebody else with something that they need. They've created kindness gardens um, at the college that we're at, at Los Angeles City College. Um, we've built community gardens so that they know how to nourish themselves, but also nourish others. So there's always a service learning component to everything that we do, because it's always we as women, we stand on our, we stand on others' shoulders and it's also our responsibility to reach back and pull up. And that's something that we want to teach our girls from a very, very young age to be able to do that. So it's a pretty robust program. And in addition, it brings up all of this other emotion for these girls because some of them, it's the first time that they're hearing about it. And so they, we provide them with a one-on-one -on -one mentor as well that guides them through their journey for at least a year. And that's a really important relationship that is cultivated um, with trust, you know, um, between the two of them. And it's kind of nice because sometimes you don't want to hear what your parents have to say. Um, I know... I didn't want to hear it. Um, my children, you know more than my than I do, Josephine, because anybody could tell our kids something and it would be like, oh, yeah, it's the first time I ever heard it. Um, but it's it, it's nice to be able to have that reinforcement from a mentor as well as from Shiro's as well as their parents. I mean, I've seen the program in action as a volunteer uh, from many different sides. First, you know, being a mentor, to a um, wonderful girl, then also um, guiding a session on gratitude in the, the first year, and then moving on to more recently working with the parents and caregivers to help them understand what their children are going through in the program, to provide them with support, but also to provide them with the, the 
um, conversation topics so that they can circle it back and it doesn't just stay at the college where we're at learning about it. It can continue on into their home life, right? And their school life and becomes this continuous process. So, I mean, I'm I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I want everyone else <laughs> listening to be to be moved to do that. And everything you've said so far, I'm I'm guessing they have been, but I wanted to backtrack to that summit that I had mentioned in the beginning because that for me was pretty profound. I mean, the statistic I knew about the girl's self-esteem dropping so significantly, and that just broke my heart. But then when I attended the summit that we hosted recently, mm-hmm. there were even more findings that just reiterated the the need for what we're doing for women, for girls, really, in the L.A. Um, community. So if you can just touch upon what we did there, that would be, I think, really helpful for people to hear. Absolutely. So this was our first summit that we ever decided to do. And um, we had a gala previously, but I really believe not just having a party and trying to raise money, but I really wanted to do something for the community. And so did everyone else on our team. Um, And so we partnered with the United Nations in LA. We partnered um, with the California Commission on the Status of Women and Girls. We partnered with Los Angeles County um, Status of Girls and Women. And we also partnered with Mount St. Mary's University. And we wanted to have what was called the butterfly effect, that small things can have an impact on large complex systems. And so we looked at the data. Um, There's a report that comes out by Mount St. Mary's University every year called the Report on the Status of Women and Girls that shows data on every, every plethora of how much a woman earns to how are we seeing women in film and media? How are we experiencing women in the political realm and how many of us are there? Um, And there's also data that um, the, the California Commission on the Status of Women and Girls also produces. And what we wanted to do is really be able to be in thoughtful conversation about what this data means directly to our participants and their families. Um, And what, how does this data affect them? What meaningful change matters to them the most? And how we can create sustainable solutions that impact our community that we're serving. And so we focused on three overarching themes, which really align with our pillars. One was economic security, um, because that directly impacts our self-reliance. We teach girls how to manage their money as well. Um, We talked about home and family, and we focused on health as well. So those three areas. And in the morning part of that, we really heard from the experts. We heard the data. We heard the statistics. We heard about how all of these data points are affecting our lives and how we can do something to maybe change that. And so then we broke out into three groups of, um, there was adults in the room, there were students in the room, and there was also educators in the room. And each group then kind of took a piece of the puzzle of economic security, home and family and health and discussed all of those like did like a social inquiry, you know, how did it affect you? What did you need? Um, what do you want to have create a meaningful change? And they created these posters with all of the data and information. And 
then at the end, we kind of came back together and kind of wrapped it all up into how we move forward. Well, right now, Shiro's Rise is working on providing a report of that qualitative data because we have the quantitative data, but what does it mean to us individually? And so that report that we're working on, which will hopefully be done um, in early to mid-January, it will go to the state to be able to inform decisions for policy from the governor's office on down. Um, and it will also inform local agencies, but it will also inform how we change and update our curriculum to serve the needs of the girls and the families that we are we are working with. And so that information is really important because data and numbers only tell you so much. But when you start digging in to see how does this impact one human being and then kind of dig and dig deeper and say, okay, we need to do some more research or some more digging to find out how we can make meaningful change. It changes the narrative. And so that's what we're trying to do. Um, it was to change the narrative, to disrupt the norm, to be able to add value and sustenance um, and credibility to what the data really means. Um, because we assume what the data means and you can read data and interpret it in any way that you want to, but unless you are really hearing from who, who those people are that that data impacts and how it impacts them, to me, no meaningful change can come from it. And so we wanted to be a part of the solution. And so the summit was our first round of doing that. And it was, it was powerful. It was a really powerful day. People left uplifted. Um, we had Taylor Feltz come and share her her story and her music as well. And we're going to continue on that path of kind of unpacking and doing better for our girls. Well, I was at the summit and I was definitely moved. And I worked with, we did our breakout sessions um, and I helped lead the wellness one for parents and the conversations that came up around those topics um, were really profound and moving and definitely um, just showed the need for the work that we're doing for these young people. And you were mentioning a lot about um, impact and changing the narrative. I'd love for you to touch upon, there's one story in particular about um, the impact that we've made on the lives of the children, the students that have gone through our program for the past three years. Um, maybe you know the story I'm talking about. You've been recently telling it. I'd love for you to share it with our audience about how um, their participation in the Ignite the Force program really changed their lives. Yeah. Um... Okay, I'm going to try to not cry while I do this because, you know, when you start with an intention and idea, it's yours, right? But you don't really realize how it will profoundly change other people or if it will. You don't know how something is going to land. And so our girls, once they go through the 12 pillar program, they actually get to earn an actual cape. And the cape is representative of the invisible cape that we as women have to wear. We use it to pause in moments of strife. Um, and gather ourselves together. And then we also flip it around and fly as high as we can. And this year, especially the Cape ceremonies have always been moving. Um, and this year in particular, the Cape ceremony 
had not a dry eye in the crowd um, that was there to celebrate these girls because they were so open and vulnerable. When, and we we opened the mic for them. We said, it, once you, you get your cape and say you're a Shiro, you're welcome to come and share anything that you'd like. And usually not many girls share, right? Like it's maybe one or two that may share, but so many of them got up and and one in particular was, I didn't have any friends. I did not have a safe space at home. Um, I was suicidal. I didn't know what was gonna happen to me. And one day on the bus, one of the other Shiro's that were there said, you know, you seem really down. Why don't you join me this Saturday to come to, to this program? I'm, I'm a part of Shiro's Rise. And it literally changed her life. And in six months, right, of her working with us, um, she's a completely different person with tools that she has. And it's, it's not to say that she doesn't still struggle with her mental health because she does, but she now has a safe place to be able to talk about that. Um, she has a mentor that she'll work with and talk through things. She can call one of us if she needs any help. And more importantly, her mom also has another resource and support system to help her daughter because her mom really cares about it. And this year it was great because, you know, she's 13 years old and this was her first Halloween that she went trick-or-treating at because she's never been trick-or-treating a day in her life. And um, she went with her mentor to go trick-or-treating and it was like a big deal for her because it was important. And, you know, in past years too, like we find out things about the girls and it's sacred space, but if they share something really important and vulnerable and then they don't show up for two weeks, our facilitators get worried. So, you know, there was a time during COVID where we were literally knocking on a girl's door and, and contacting her school and knocking on her door to see, are you okay? We're here to support you. And she came back, you know, a week later um, because that was a day that she was trying to harm herself. And she said, I never knew anyone cared about me. And not only did we reach out, but we actually knocked on her door to make sure she was okay. And this is going to be her fourth year at Shiro's Rise um, because our girls don't just come for one year. They keep coming back um, because the material is received differently depending on where you are at a space in your life. Um, I don't know if that's the story you wanted to share or wanted it. to share, um, but it was just, it's been really, it's been really profound and powerful and we're tired at the end of these 12 sessions, right? But it's, oh, this is why we do it. This is our why. Um, we're making significant impact on the lives of these girls and you've met them. They're incredible. They are absolutely incredible. And girls who were, were shy and wouldn't even speak, um, now like get up and and do that in any way that they can because they feel good about themselves yeah no thank you for sharing that story that was exactly the one that i was thinking of and it's true to see the transformation uh from first from the beginning of the program and then towards the end and how much they've opened up and how comfortable they start to feel in their own skin but then also the the girls that come another year and how differently they arrive and present themselves and, again, have evolved into themselves. It's just profound and just, like, reinforces why I continue to help promote and 
support this organization because it just means so much. And so, you know, this is airing in the beginning of the new year. Everyone's looking to do something different. I think one of the things that people should consider doing differently is thinking about their, their own personal impact, right? And how they can make a small difference. We recently had a board meeting that was one of my values was making a difference. And I mentioned that it can be something as simple as making someone smile, but it can be something even bigger. And so in this new year, making a difference can be helping out someone's life, a girl's life in a positive way, whether or not you actually get to see them, but just doing it perhaps through an organization. And so this is where I lead into the ask of, of that you can propose to people as part of their, I hate New Year's resolution, but or just framing it as this new opportunity in this new year for what you can do for yourselves and your community. Yeah. Well, first of all, it, it takes a village to raise a child, period. We, we as mamas know that we can't do it solely by ourselves. We, we rely on our fellow moms and, and dads and friends and, you know, family to be able to help us to raise a child. These girls are from underserved communities. Many of them are the first in their family to graduate. Many of them, um, go to school on free and reduced lunch. Um, I would say 85% of our students are students of color and about, I think the last check, it was 79% were on free and reduced lunch. So they are girls that are in need. And so I want to invite everyone um, to be able to think about how you can join us in a way that is comfortable for you, whether that be volunteering your time at one of our events, um, whether that be a mentor um, to one of these girls to help them on their journey. Um, and that, and that could be an hour a month, right? It's not a lot of time, but to an eight-year-old that you're playing a game of cards with or reading a book with, or a teenager you're having a cup of coffee and talking to, it's everything to them, right? And each of us can find at least one hour um, a month to be able to give to someone in need. But I also ask that you support us financially because that is the only way that we can continue making an impact and create a greater ripple effect and serve more girls um, with the financial contributions that, that people can make towards us. Um, to me, a monthly donation of even $25 is far more impactful than a one-time donation of, of $100, you know, um, or $500 because it sustains the work that we do. Um, but I also welcome those if, if you'd like to do that. Um, but the most the, the people who have donated that feel like they're making the most impact is if they sponsor one girl and, and mentor that specific girl. And so it's $2,400 to sponsor a girl. That's what it costs for a, a girl to go through our entire program. But you're able to do that in one chunk or you can do $200 a month. But you also get to be a part of this girl's life and see the changes that happened to her and the impact being made, not just through your donation to Shiro's Rise, but also with a donation of your time to be someone's mentor. And we've all had those mentors in our life that have made a significant impact in, in, in who we are as human beings. And so I really hope that folks will consider mentoring and sponsoring a girl because that is the greatest return 
and intrinsic value that you add to your own life as well as to that of our girls. Absolutely. As, as having the opportunity to be a mentor, it really was, um, it was a great experience and we learned from each other and it was just, she was the cutest. Uh, question for mentors, because the organization is based in LA, are you only looking for LA based mentors or? Um, nope. They can be from anywhere. And um, we are LA based, but we are going to attempt to do a hybrid program. Um, whether that happens this year or not, I'm not sure. Um, but we are working on expanding that to maybe open in different cities, looking to do after school programs, um, looking to be able to share our curriculum with different foundations and, and organizations and schools so that there is a national and global impact. And so, no, and in the world of Zoom, you don't have to be physically in front of somebody. You can be having a cup of coffee. You and I are having a, an in-depth conversation. This is the same kind of conversation that someone could have with a young girl. Um, and so it can be someone from anywhere. And we really want to be able to reach out past greater LA area um, to be able to serve more girls in need. Wonderful. Thank you. So I'm going to put um, the link to the Shiro's Rise website that, and then also specifically a link for providing a donation and um, contact info if you are interested in being a mentor and just learning all things about Shiro's so that you can hopefully partner with us to create this amazing impact and change in the lives of so many. So Sonali, thank you so much for joining me today. I always love hearing you speak about uh, Shiro's. It really just reignites for me that, um, that love for what the work that we do. And thank you for your service and from believing in us and continuing to be a part of this change that we're doing. I really appreciate partnering with you and your heart is just full of gold. So thank you for all you do. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Responding to Life podcast. I hope you found our amazing guests to be informative and inspirational. For more info on how to follow them, please check out the show notes. If you liked today's episode, we'd greatly appreciate it if you could please leave a quick rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast, as it will help others find our show. For more information on Josephine Atlery Meditation and the Responding to Life podcast, please visit jatluri.com and on the website you can sign up for a monthly newsletter that comes with a free mindfulness guide for daily inspiration please follow me on instagram at josephinerlurie and you can also check out my two books on amazon or barnes and noble they are called the mindfulness journal for parents and five minute mindfulness for pregnancy thank you again for listening today